is Hard Parking, brought to you by Wright Honda and Wright Toyota out of Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm your host, Jay Finning. Just got back from Cabo. Going to talk about that. Also coming up on today's show, my guest is General Manager of Fountain Hills Motorsports. Drew Bunkley is back on the show. Unfortunately, he could not stop by the studio. He is actually still in Cabo with family. It's one of those weird things where it's like, I'm going to Cabo. Oh, really? I'm going to Cabo, too. When are you going to be there? So we exchanged a few text messages while we were there. Did not get a chance to link up. But about Cabo, I'm also going to talk about some of the vehicles that I saw, including one that I thought was the dumbest thing, the most confusing thing I may have ever seen, especially once I looked it up. And then I saw another vehicle that I thought was the coolest. And I knew it existed. I just had never seen one because it's kind of a Mexico thing. We don't have them here in the States. But all that and more is coming up right after this word from me and Four Wheel Online. Jay Finning here, and I want to tell you guys about Four Wheel Online. For over a decade, Four Wheel Online has been bringing the best truck accessories and truck parts to enhance the appearance and performance of all trucks and SUVs. They are dedicated to providing an extensive range of upgrades that will match any maker model on the road. Your truck products cover everything you need to give your truck a custom look and added functionality. And if you need a tire and wheel package, head over and use the configuration tool. They carry all the major brands of wheels and tires, so we'll get outfitted today. So visit them online at 4 Online or call them at 813-769-2451. Again, that's 4 Online, the number 4 Wheel Online. So I'm on my way to, to the airport, and we get the Uber driver. Some of you have seen this. You saw me post it on social media, and some people have commented on it. But as soon as we pull out of the, the subdivision... Like immediately as we pull out of the subdivision, the car starts pulsating. And I kind of look over at my wife. Because I'm one of those people who always, I used to get car sick when I was a kid. I still do get car sick once every blue moon, uh, motion sickness. Had a coworker once named Rob. Rob has like clinical narcolepsy, but he's functional. So he would actually drive to work and drive home. And we would always wonder when we would go to lunch because, yes, we would let him drive. We were very adventurous. But, but, but Rob would fall asleep. Rob would fall asleep in meetings. We used to make bets on how long it would take him to fall asleep. It's like, all right, well, what's the, what's the over on 30, 30 seconds? And usually under 30 seconds, he'd fall asleep. And if it's your first time in a meeting with Rob, you're like, what the hell is up with this dude? Like, are, is this... Does he not get any sleep? Is this normal for this dude to be falling asleep in this meeting? But after you know, you know, for those of you who know, you know. You know, after a while, you know. So it's kind of this joke. I used to put him on blast on Snapchat and stuff. And then people got mad for me calling people out for narcolepsy and issues. I was like, all right, whatever. But I say all that to say this. I've been in a car with someone who drives like this before. And even my wife's like her uncle drives like that. And it. And it drives me crazy, no pun intended. So this guy's doing this, and then we get on the highway, and he's doing the same thing. And, you know, people comment, well, maybe his cruise control is broken or whatever. And get, get out of here. I, don't, I didn't even have cruise control in the NSX, but I didn't drive like that. It's just some people just, they drive that way. It's, it's super weird. It's super annoying. It's super nauseating. But I used to do this thing on, again, I'd mentioned, this is going to be the second time I've mentioned Snapchat so I used to snap years ago all the time when I was working in Chicago. And it's the funny thing is 
when Instagram came up with Instagram stories, it took me about a year to join Instagram stories. I was already on Instagram, but I was like, what the hell are they doing? They're trying to be Snapchat. I'm not going over Instagram. I got the people who watch my show every day on Snapchat and I'll do all this fun stuff. But usually when I get picked up from the airport, I'd, I'd have like taxi cab, not taxi cab, I call them Uber stories. And I would record me kind of talking to the Uber driver, just random stuff. And it wouldn't be very long because it's Snapchat. And plus people lose interest, you know, after a few seconds. But it was always kind of fun. But that's the last time I had an Uber driver that drove like this. This shit was fucking nuts. So we get to Cabo. Beautiful. It's my, my first time going to Cabo. Not my first time going to Mexico. But it is my first time going to Cabo. We went with another couple, my wife and I and, and Eric and Sochi. And we stayed at the Hyatt Zeba, which is pretty cool. It's not the super party part. So Cabo is broken up into two major tourist, touristy places. So you have Cabo, like Cabo de San Jose, and then you have Cabo San Lucas. So Cabo San Lucas is the most popular. And then the San Jose side is not as popular, but it's more chill. Which, by the way, I uploaded a thing. On Instagram, a reel about these are the car. These are the cars of downtown Cabo de San Jose, and some guys like, oh, this fool, some kid in high school, by the way. Yeah, I'm calling you out. So maybe if you listen to the podcast, maybe you don't. I checked out your profile. You're just a high schooler kid. This is what's wrong with the future. He's like, oh, this fool mistook Mexico with San Jose. Yeah, I know it's not San Jose, California, you dick. But those are the two major spots, and where we stayed at the Hyatt, it was really chill. We had a lot of fun. Did a couple boat rides. Beautiful. We're definitely going back. We got on this one boat. It's like clear. Like it's a clear boat. I think that's what it's called. It's clear boat. But they have like a fleet of these things. They're made out of like super thick plexiglass. And you have to take your shoes off as you get in. And, you know, you can't even have your flip-flops on. None of that stuff. And then the like the captain, he has like those booties like you get from the, uh, the, the operating room. And you drive and you can look down and you see the bottom of the boat. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. Eat a lot of good food, drink a lot of tequila. I've become, my wife and I, we've become tequila people, especially now. Because here's the thing. Let me talk about tequila for a second. Almost everybody I know that's like, oh, I hate tequila. Because you you have a bad, a bad memory of tequila. You had a bad whatever. And here's the deal. Everyone's like, well, when I was in high school or when I was in college, I just got so fucked up on tequila. And it's just, I just can't do tequila. I black out. I don't know what's going on. And I understand that, but here's the thing. Chances are when you're in high school and you're in college, you're not drinking the good tequila. You're drinking the shit. You're drinking the bottom line Jose Cuervo because Jose Cuervo actually makes some really good tequilas. I know because I had some this past weekend, and I brought home three bottles of shit you can't get in the U.S., and they're all like 100 bucks a piece. But they have some really good tequila. But chances are you're not drinking that when you're in high school or when you're in college. So everyone's bad memories of tequila is because you drank shit tequila. I'll tell you a story. I used to love Southern Comfort and Coke. That was my go-to for years. One time I got fucked off of that. And I was 25. I turned 25, but I got wrecked off of that. The thing that put me over was two shots of Jaeger. But leading up to that point, SoCo and Co was my go-to. And it took me 10 years before I could drink Southern Comfort again. I could probably drink it now, but it's cheap shit liquor. I don't care if you love SoCo, good for you. I don't mess with it. I don't actually, I don't mix anything. It's usually just straight tequila, straight vodka, straight, straight bourbon, straight Japanese whiskey. Every once in a while, I'll mix it. 
once every blue moon. But that's the thing. I challenge you, everyone out there who hates tequila, who got fucked up off of it, it's because you were drinking shit tequila, or did you get fucked off of Class Azul Reposado, or Class Azul Anejo, or Extra Anejo, or, or Class Azul Blanco, or Don Julio 1942? Yeah, those are all great. In fact, I brought home three other different bottles. Actually, I brought home seven bottles of, uh, of, of tequila. The three of the Jose Cuervos. I brought home three bottles of Don Julio 70. It's an anniversary one. It's part of the new type of tequila that's like called like Crystal Crystalino or something like that. It's an Anejo. It's clear. So I asked the locals. Well, my wife asked the locals. We were you know, driving around in the taxi. We said, hey, what's the best tequila? We don't know much about tequila. And the guy's like, oh, he started naming a bunch of them. And he's like, but here, everybody loves. It's, it's Don Julio 70. It's got the black top. It's limited. It's hard to find. But it's the best value tequila in Mexico, everyone loves it. And he's not lying. I the the resort had it at two bars, and that's pretty much all I drink all weekend. The first night I had Class Azul Reposado, and we had the wristbands that give you premium everything, but there's always a limit. I had to pay for that, twenty five bucks a piece, which is normal. It's about that's about how much it normally costs here in the states. Is you know, some places will, it will sell to you for like 18 bucks because they're suckers. And most places it's like 25 30 $36 for one ounce of Clases de Reposado. So 25 bucks for two of them. It was the next day we discovered Don Julio 70. And that's pretty much what I drank for the rest of the weekend. And not a lot. I didn't get ripped off of it. But just enough. Hey, go give me some more. Give me some more. So I did some research, like, okay, can I find it in the States? And at one, we used to have it here, and it's sold out. And the research says as of, like, April 1st, they stopped making it, which tells me when it's gone, it's gone. It's supposed to cost about $55. We paid, like, $73 a piece for them. But it's because we got them at the duty-free shop, and based on my research, chances are I would not find it here in the States ever unless on the second-hand market. So bought three bottles of that. And then we bought another bottle of this stuff. I don't know what it's called. It's downstairs already. Cabo's different pricing-wise. You go to Mexico and you think you're going to save money. Most of the shit in Cabo is just as expensive as it is in the United States or more expensive. Case in point, Clase Zora Pizarro. Right now at Total Wine, it's about $175 here in Arizona. $175-ish. I remember when it was $130. Now it's 175. In Cabo, it's anywhere from 210 to 310 dollars for the same stuff, and we almost paid 400, like just over 400 dollars for another tequila that we tried. It's called like a Ray Sol or something. It's 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 got a a sun comes in a sun decanter, and it is presented well. Badass box, badass decanter. The guy was like 400 bucks. We said it in pesos, and we did the math. And we almost bought it. And my wife looked it up, and she's like, oh, you can get it at Total Wine. Actually, Total Wine and Tempe has it. And I was like, fucking reserve that shit. And it's $269, which I don't know if I really want to pay that for liquor. Granted, I just bought seven bottles. But that's a cumulative. It's like LeBron James being the best player in scoring in NBA history. They're accumulative stats. Accumulative? I can't even say the word. 
But when you play forever, you're going to eventually have more points than anyone ever if you've played more than anyone ever at a high level. Anyway, so that's accumulative money is what I paid on that. So I don't know. Maybe we'll pick it up. I feel like my wife gave me permission to go out and buy it. So maybe I will. I don't know. But it's nice. West Tankersley, if you can find Don Julio 70 out there in Boise, buy it. Or just come here. I'll give you a bottle. That's the plan anyway. The cars of Cabo. Now, I went around and I was like, oh, these cars are funny. Every time I go to some other country, I start looking at the cars because it's who I am. And the cars in Cabo specifically, I've never seen so many small truck-looking things. Like, that's what they do. Everything looks like a micro ridgeline. It's like a truck car. They have models, and we're talking Ford, Chevy, Dodge, Volkswagen, all of those there, with the exception of like Honda. They have the different Civics. They don't look like our Civics. Almost every manufacturer there has these little truck cars, and they're fucking hideous. They're, the hide- they're, they're ugly. Like, they would never fly here. One of the vehicles that I saw that would never fly here was a Dodge Ram. Now, when you think Dodge Ram, you think of a big, badass truck, like a, just a big truck, fully loaded, Ram-tough you know, competitor to Ford F-150, GMC, like Ram. There's like this little weird, tiny thing with like this little truck thing in the back. It was this. It probably wasn't even bigger than like an Audi, like an Audi A4. Actually, it was significantly smaller. It was like a Jetta, like a 2008 Jetta size vehicle. And I was like, ah, but. The most ridiculous vehicle I saw there was called a Dodge Attitude. And the funny thing about it is it had a Hyundai logo. Hyundai? I need to call. I call it Hyundai. We had this discussion with Bob Chap. I call it Hyundai. I forgot what the hell they called it. And I think Bo corrected me and told me it was called something else. Hyundai? Hyundai? I go with whatever they say on the commercials, even if they're wrong. If the commercial says it's, it's Hyundai, I'm, I'm going to say it's Hyundai. We'll put it that way. A Dodge Attitude. So I decided to look up this Dodge Attitude when I got home because I wanted to talk about it because it's ridiculous looking. And I don't know what's more ridiculous because it says Dodge on there because it says Attitude because it doesn't have a Dodge emblem. So keep up with me on this. According to Wikipedia, the Dodge Attitude is a badge-engineered subcompact sedan sold by Stellantis North America, previously Fiat Chrysler Automobiles, in Mexico over three generations since 2006. Dodge rebadged the Hyundai Accent for the original version, updating the model line in 2011 with an RB Series Accent. Mitsubishi Motors became the source of the Dodge Attitude from January of 2015, using the Mitsubishi Etrage or Mirage G4 as a donor car. So, we have a Mirage body style with a Hyundai logo and the word Dodge Attitude on the back. And that was like every car there. Also, another thing is every vehicle there was dirty. It was either dirty as hell Damaged as hell, oxidized as hell. You can't have a nice car in Cabo. I don't think the weather allows it. It's like a sandblast. I don't think the cartels allow it. 
I saw like a Mustang that was pretty nice. It was pretty stock, but it was nice. That's about it. Everything else, shit. Everything, shit, as far as vehicles. The coolest vehicle I saw there, and I recognized it. I saw a few of them, but then I came across a blue one that was done up right. It's a Toyota Helix, which is a pickup truck. But it looks kind of like uh, somewhere between the Taco, like a Tacoma, and like a 4Runner, if you can imagine that. But this one was lifted. It was blue, beautiful color, dark wheels. Like You could tell whoever owned this was probably pushing some money. But the H-I-L-U-X, the Toyota Helix pickup truck, and it was a full-size pickup truck. Well, about as full as you're going to get. According to this article, November 30th, 2021, from GetJerry.com, the, the latest Helix looks similar to the Tacoma in terms of a trapezoidal design. Trapezoidal, okay. But the Helix has a more streamlined front and sleeker headlights. It also has sharper body lines, and the wheel design is more pronounced. However... There are options for rugged exterior that comes with lots of cladding. So it is their Tacoma, and it was without question the nicest vehicle I saw in Cabo this weekend. Not to say there aren't some great vehicles there, because there's definitely some very expensive housing. There are some super yachts at the marina. There's a billionaire there named Dennis Washington. And he has like five super yachts. We saw one of them. This thing was $150 million, according to our tour guide. Two different tour guides told us this. It's one of the smaller ones because he has two or three others with helipads on them. A lot of money in Cabo. Coming up, Drew Bunkley. As usual, the test drive of the week is brought to you by Fountain Hills Motorsports. And I have Mr. Drew Bunkley, who was too busy to stop by the house, to stop by the studio and record with me. But I do have him on the phone. Drew, what's up, man? Hey, Jay. I'm doing good. Yeah, you like that Thanks intro. For the, <laughs> Thanks for the uh, the big intro. Yeah, I couldn't make it tonight. But let's. Uh, we're definitely going to have a good good show. Yeah, man. You know, I'm just giving it to you a little bit. So you threw me the keys or the key. You 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 threw me the card. For a Tesla Model 3, and I don't remember, how long is that? Is that a 21? Actually, no, it's a 2019 Tesla 2019. Model 3. Yeah, long range, full autopilot. So that's the deal. So it's the dual motor, but one's like performance and one's long range, right? Correct, yep. Yeah, I kind of learned a little bit about it as I went. I had people reach out to me on social media because it's this thing. If you don't follow me close enough, you think I'm looking for a replacement for the NSX, and I kind of sort of am, but not really. But uh, I, I just love trolling people who just don't pay attention. Yeah, especially they would have saw that you uh, ended up with a lawnmower. <laughs> right, right. One person's like, I turned the video off after I saw the word EV. I'm like, yeah, you should have watched the rest of the clip. But, I mean, this thing was pretty nice. Like, I, going into it, right, I mean, you've heard me. I'm, I've am i been recorded talking a little bit about Teslas. I said I'd never driven one. You know, I've only heard what people say. They're not very well made, but they're really cool cars, and I've always found them to be pretty expensive. But my wife was actually, she's been wanting or been thinking about when she retires her Audi, getting a Tesla. And I said, why do you want a Tesla? And she wants a Tesla so she can drive around and be on her laptop and crush social media, TikTok. And I go, honey, I don't think it really works that way, but it might. But you gave us an opportunity to take one home for the weekend. And what I found after you gave me the tour is 
that autopilot, at least the software version in this Model 3, was a little buggy. Yeah, it's a beta version. So this is their upgraded version. They do, you look at a new Tesla now, they charge $12,000 to have access to have, to be able to upgrade as Elon Musk sees fit. So, you know, they send updates, but it's not, definitely it is not full self-driving. To me, it's just a very highly advanced, um, it's just a highly advanced cruise control. $12,000? Well, it does do a lot of things. <laughs> Twelve thousand though, like that's a hell of an option. Um, I was well, from a, we'll we'll go over it like a little bit. Right, the interior, I wasn't that impressed, but it was a Model Three, which is their entry level. Uh, cheap, some cheap materials. I don't really care for the, like the fake leather. It's not really pleather, but it reminds me of that. It just reminds me of all the times I would get car sick as a kid, versus. You know, you let me take the the AMG GTS around the block, and man, that's that thing smelt like quality leather, and it just there's such a big difference. And it sounds very first world, but it's either to me either you get that or you get cloth, but you don't get that other faux leather because man, this shit just makes me nauseous, man. Yeah, a lot of manufacturers have gone with you know a simulated leather. And obviously for cost, but like BMW, Mercedes, they do it. They do an MB. Mercedes calls their MB Tech. <laughs> so, it smells yeah, different, at least. It does. Yeah, and and then um, driving around though, I just, you know, at first, like when I left Fountain Hills and I was driving home, and I you know did the whole uh, the cruise control thing, and then I experimented with the autopilot, which I think I kind of got down over the course of the weekend. Because, you know, you crank it down once and it goes into cruise control mode where it's max speed. You crank it down again, as you showed me, and the blue lines turn on, which tells you you're on, I'm going to call it semi-automatic mode. But yes, I found, though, even if you disturb it, you can still, nine times out of ten, kind of click it back in that mode without having to, you know, restart or anything. Because I think, I think we thought we're just playing around with it, and you may have experienced that, that. You know, there are times where you couldn't get back into that mode, but I was able to get in the mode quite a bit over the weekend. Yeah, that's good. I, I drive a little bit more aggressively, and I think it kicks <laughs> me out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's funny because I'm on Tesla's website. So their full self-driving capability, $12,000. It has navigate on autopilot, auto lane change, which is a cool feature. I do like the auto lane change. Uh, it has auto park, which I have not tried. It has summon. Um, which you have to probably download the app onto your phone. And so since this car is for sale, I don't put all that stuff into my personal name. You know what I mean? So, um, but it has a full self-driving computer and traffic light and stop sign control. So I do notice when you're at a stoplight, you can see on the screen where they're red. And then when they turn green, the car beeps. Yeah, dings. To let you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, whatever you're doing, look up. It's time to go. Yeah, time to go. So, and it says coming soon on their website, auto steer on city streets. This is where you get these updates. This is where they tease you. So he's telling you, look, we are going to be doing auto steer on city streets. That is mm. going to be scary. So they do give you a pretty good definition of what it will do and what it won't do. And they definitely let you know that this will not be approved probably in some jurisdictions. You know, but the thing is that they're able to over the air update these cars as 
yeah. things get better. But in order to get those updates, they make you pay for that stuff up front. Huh. Well, so, I, I mean, you could, I guess some of the little stuff I saw where you can put in like a credit card if you wanted to unlock like video streaming and stuff like that. But I guess for the big stuff, you it would make sense that you'd pay up front. Yeah, I mean, the to be able to have, because this car has the self-driving computer that I guess not the, some of the older ones probably won't have. But yeah, it gives you the ability to update and download stuff to the car. The premium connectivity is what you were talking about. It's not on the card. But yeah, if you connect to the premium connectivity, you get all the free streaming. Because they don't have Apple CarPlay or Android Auto. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it kind of it, they kind of force you to either use your phone or pay for the premium service and you know we'll give you these things they have some cool features they don't get me wrong they got some stuff that you won't find in any other manufacturer right i mean who who can park their car and sit there and and watch hulu and netflix right off the screen or fire a simulated campfire and you can fart on demand (laughs) i play that my mother-in-law she wouldn't and even my wife would not stop laughing yeah, it it's like they were in third grade all over again. I just kept hitting the button, and they were just—they were both just, just laughing. Yeah, my wife had a fun fun time with it too. <laughs> so I think we discovered that the women love farts. Listen, it's a cute little car. This Model Three, you know, um, I'm not going to say who they target. I mean, it's an entry level. It's their entry it is. level vehicle, so it's made for everybody. That's why they have the performance model you know, the long range, the standard range. And, you know, if you want to upgrade to a, a Model S a Plaid, you know, then they're saying, yeah, okay, if you got some balls, come on here. <laughs> yeah, I think, who do you, I mean, I I see that car, and I, I don't do the research on it, but I, I see that car based on my experience with it, based on seeing one in every fucking corner, that it's targeted to kind of the young business professional you know, the 23 to 26 year old who wants to kind of feel and look responsible and spend a little money, um, as opposed to going over like, you know, the Toyota Prius or some other, you know, heady car. It, it, it's a statement vehicle, but not a major statement vehicle, I guess. I think their demographics, though, is more 45 and older because of the price range. I mean, the, well, you're, right. talking a, you're talking 130,000, you know, no, I'm talking about like, the Model 3. Oh, the Model 3, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's, definitely the Model 3. Yeah, The Model 3, they pumped that car up to come in at 50000 when they first um, introduced it. And everybody was waiting for this car. So when it did come out, quality was not great. Quality still isn't right. 100% great. But it's a mass-produced. It reminds me of the, uh, the Volkswagen Beetle. I think I had told you that. You mm-hmm. know, in Germany, when they – when Volkswagen came out, the Beetle was the car for the people. <laughs> right. I think that's what that's exactly what uh, Elon Musk is doing with this car here. He's trying to make this the car for the people. You know, it's it's by the time I was done with it, you know, I had to think of a few things. You know, what are some things I liked about it? What are some things I didn't like about it? Uh, no denying, when you have it in standard acceleration mode, it's so amazing that I started getting kind of motion sickness every time I'd stomp on the throttle. And, and I'm not <laughs> lying here. I could feel like a little pit. And I get car sick, you know, but I, it wasn't until the last day I discovered the chill acceleration mode, which feels more like a normal combust internal combustion engine versus standard, which is like it's literally like a fucking rocket ship. 
Yeah, I never drive in uh, chill mode. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and but that that makes sense. You know what's weird is I I flipped it to chill mode a couple times, and then flipped it back, and then like the last day I had it, it's like it just. It got to a point where I had to flip it to standard multiple times when it's like, no, I just had it in chill mode for like five minutes. So it was a little buggy. Uh, one of the things that I just couldn't get used to were the the way the door handles open. Like, I don't I don't understand that ergonomically. And I don't know if it's yeah. just a, trying to be different. But to me, that just the, the way the doors open just, just will never work for me on that specific model because I don't know about the other ones. Well, they just redesigned the door handles for um, – aerodynamics you know so there's no openings to do any re- air resistance but the model that's why they open, open backwards the, yeah the okay. other models are electronic though they pop they flip open automatically flip out automatically yeah, which makes right? sense that, that, that would that would make all the sense in the world if the model three did that yeah at least the one that that we had but it doesn't so it's it's very awkward and annoying to open the car um, yeah, you push the handle in and then pull backwards on it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's hasn't affected me. I like the flush handles, um, but uh, I know people do have issues in the colder weather with ice. Mm, you know, when you, when you get ice on your cars, uh-huh. yeah, and um, those doors, sometimes those handles can uh, freeze up. Well, how about we don't park our Tesla? So I guess if it's during the workday, but I don't know. <laughs> I just well, – by, have you ever lived in New York, Manhattan? You ever, I mean, sometimes people have to park on the street. Jersey, I mean, Philly, yeah. I mean, they, there's not parking for everybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I lived in Michigan for well, 15, 17 years, West Michigan. It's like I just can't imagine a Tesla on those roads during the winter. Like here, like this part of the country that we live in, I, I get it. Um, but I just – I don't know, dude. I just can't. But, I mean, you're right. But here's the deal. It's flush. And sure, they did it for aerodynamic purposes. But if that door handle, even if it opened the other way, it has no business flipping open anyway to create some sort of a weird drag as a buggy. But maybe because they're not made very well, I guess that could happen. But in theory, it's... And then the, um, what do we call it, the panoramic roof? Mm -hmm. I didn't like that either. I know that sounds ridiculous. But since you can't pull the cover over, I can't imagine driving that car around in the summer here because it was 92 this weekend, and unless you had the air conditioner on recirculation and the fan on like eight or nine, I was my back was just like sweating every time. And I'm not one of those people who run hot, but it made it difficult to record footage in the car for a review. I would have to get to where I wanted to be, turn that shit all the way down, talk, and then wrap it up before I fucking started dying, and then turn the turn the air back on like full blast recirculation. Yeah, I never noticed that. Yeah, the the glass roof, I think it's designed uh set up for obviously for UV protection, but um I don't know if they darken. I don't know if that's a feature available, but there is no cover for those. And yeah. I am not crazy about a full glass panel roof that you can't shade. Yeah, and I mean it's it it's funny because like the sun, I mean, it was beaming through, but it didn't hurt, you know, like when you have a, a like the normal sunroof open. But I could feel the heat, and when you touch it with the back of your hand, man, that thing was hot. And so to me, it's like I'm I'm sure the other models that you pay more money for are better, but I couldn't get over the key. I thought the key to me, and I love it, right? It's it's, it's for people who have never seen like the five people who have never seen a Tesla key. I was one of them, but now there's you know there were six people, now there's five. 
that was amazing. I mean, it's like a, a hotel room key. And it's it just yeah. the technology behind that. Like, I get it. Most cars, you want a tangible key. In an old Acura I had, I think my 98, 99 Integra, in the glove box, it had a valet key, which, you know, as you know, uh-huh. cars have them. But it slid into like this little credit card size thing. Right. Yeah. So in theory, that could be the key. And then the then the valet key could be the manual override. So I don't know why more car manufacturers just can't do that. Because, you know, there are still cars out there, as you know, because this is what you do. Well, you don't buy any of the, the smaller beginner cars. But there's cars out there. Sometimes I get stuck with a rental car that I don't like. And it's got a big fat key. And I'm like, wait a minute. You mean I have to put this in the ignition and turn it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like walking around with like two giant key fobs daisy chained together with this metal rope. And here we got Tesla that slides right into my wallet. Yeah. And then they, you can download the app. I think they more or less want you to use their app. Right. But, um, you know, I will say this about the key. I do like the key. I think the feature is great. I just don't like having to take it out of my pocket to open the door. And to lock the door, you know, you have to touch the side of the door panel and then you also have to place it right above the cup holders, uh, right behind the cup holders in order for the vehicle to engage. The car knows the keys in there and you can tell because as you start to walk up to the car, you'll hear the fans kick on. Yep. So to me today, I was like, well, you know, I'm here. I'm in this vicinity. Why don't you automatically unlock the door when I hit the handle? If I push that handle in, Tesla, it should unlock just like every other car. I don't have to pull my key out from my bed or right. So that's one feature. I think um, I think the their Model S, though, is that way. You don't have to actually physically pull a key out. Yeah, you so can the- just touch, touch the handle and the door, the handle will automatically pop out. Yeah, so the key is both cool and a little annoying because I'm going to agree with you on there because you're right. I actually said the same thing. I was like, you know I'm in the fucking car. And, you know, you put it in gear and it's like, bloop, bloop, bloop. Please swipe the car <laughs> in the center console. I let my brother-in-law drive and he just laid the key down there and ended up sliding underneath the seats. So we had to sit there and, and search around for it for 30 seconds when we got back to the house. Yeah, that's and that's, that's the thing. I had a customer that uh, – drop a key in between the seat, same thing, and then couldn't find a key, couldn't figure out where the key was. <laughs> so, <laughs> but the key was in the car. But I think, like, I I, I, I understood it. And what I was going to say earlier is when I was driving back from Fountain Hills Motorsports the first time, the first day, I had it in, you know, cruise control mode and in auto mode. But, you know, you still have to, you still have to shimmy the, the, the steering wheel every, it seems like 10 seconds. So you really can't chill and do anything. But I was like, okay, there's no speedometer to look at. There's no engine noise. I sat back and I've, I say it on the video when it comes out. I was like, I'm kind of bored. I don't know what the fuck to do. <laughs> and it's funny because it's not like in a regular car. It's like you're interacting with the car. You're still just driving. But I guess, you know, it just, it was weird. But as the weekend went on and I started, you know, discovering different things. Like I put it in Mars, you know, Mars mode, which is useless, but you're, you know, you're a little, for people listening, you can be like this little lunar rover driving on Mars instead of a little car icon driving down your street. But other than that, right. I found it to be pretty much useless. It's not like when I turned, the rover turned, you know, and it didn't like display, you know, this is your house. It was just, there was nothing there. But, <laughs> you know, I, I understood why people would be obsessed with the cars. I didn't really like it that much, 
but I would buy, but it, maybe I would buy like a, like a model S in the future, like a used one or something else. And much to my surprise, my wife didn't like it at all, but she was disappointed that she couldn't be on her laptop and just chill. And Man, you know, that's... it's like, I'm glad you can't do that, babe. That's what I told her, which by the way, before we switch gears here on the way home today, there was a, like a model S right around the corner from the house and the front was smashed in. I saw a bunch of cops and it makes me wonder if they were an autopilot auto drive mode or they just weren't paying attention because there's a school there. Yeah. But, you know, it's letting the car slow down and stop for you and take off for you. I mean, that takes some some balls and getting used to. Yeah, and the car will safely, I will say this, not engage in certain areas. For instance, I'm on the highway right now. You know, I head uh, west going home. So rush hour traffic, 5, 6 o'clock, the sun is all in our face. Yep. And sometimes those lanes because they've got construction going on and they took the blacktop up off I-10. So sometimes the lanes, it's, they seem like they are turning into a different, um, people follow the black line instead of the right. white line. It's yeah. weird. It's so weird. And so they start pulling into your lane. There's a one section of I-10 down by um, the 202. Um, and it's so, the Tesla will just quit. <laughs> right. It's like, fuck it, you drive. <laughs> Yeah, and and so that's understandable where we will basically tell you, look, you need to take back over control. So, you know, that is definitely a good thing, but you do have to be paying attention. You can't just let this car do its thing and sit back and think you're going to, it's going to pull into your driveway. I think early models kind of did that, and I think one or two accidents later. You know, it's like that the guy in California, the rich guy, he's like a famous YouTuber that, Interestingly enough, no one likes, but he kept getting arrested for having his Tesla drive and he was in the back seat. Yeah, I've seen that. And I don't and that, I, that's think you crazy. can do that anymore based on what, you know, what I experienced this weekend. You can't do it in a Model Model 3. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, you can't do it in a Model 3. Well, we know that. So we'll put it that way. But I don't know if you can do it in one of the other ones. Um, but I was, I was super impressed with the the camera system being able to sense real time traffic around you. Yeah, that's neat. It was it was stitching it all together on the screen and I was like, this is the coolest thing in the world. Why aren't other manufacturers doing this? And you've been around the cars more than me. I mean, are you seeing that technology in some of the cars at your dealership or is it is it still very much a proprietary like Tesla technology because to me it's just like that's that's the coolest thing ever. Yeah, Tesla has the up on everybody when it comes to technology inside the car. And that's the thing that people are buying. you got to realize when right. all these cars, when a majority of these cars become electric, it's going to be who's got the best technology inside mm -hmm. the car. And Tesla is by far, you know, ahead of the game with this. I think the Mach-E has a similar, if I remember correctly, I, I've driven the Ford Mach-E, but... Um, and I thought it has a similar side screen, but I can't say that it does anything quite like that, where it, it can recognize almost the next two lanes, you know what I mean? Of cars. Yeah. I actually miss the, 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 the speedometer or something or some sort of, I mean, it's like, I know it's, it's like looking over at a laptop, but it's still, I feel like it should still be in front of us. Would I buy one? Not a, not a Model 3, but I do understand people's obsession with a Tesla, and there's something for everyone out there. So if you guys are thinking about getting a Model 3, if you have a little extra money, don't buy one brand new. 
uh, but it's worth the technology. Drew, we got to figure out what we're going to do next. Yeah, we definitely got a few things available, but uh, it's going to have to be after the vacation. After the vacation. Yes. It is time to reset. (laughs) Yes. So you want to get into some car news? Let's do it. Let's do it. So in the news, as I'm sure you've heard, Excel Auto, and I think Boca Raton, Florida, is under a lot of heat because the headline is exotic cars vanish from Excel Auto Group in Boca Raton, Florida. Crazy. I watched a news thing. One guy said he, okay, first off, he paid for his Lamborghini like 309 or 400 something thousand for a used one. Maybe it was used. I don't know. He shows up to get the car. It's nowhere to be seen. Another guy gets his car sold underneath his nose. What the hell do you think happened here? You've been in this industry. So for someone like me, it's like, oh, another fraud, another bankruptcy. But what do you, what, what's going on here? What do you think is going on with the Excel Auto Group? Jay, Excel, they messed up and they got out. They got out real quick. I'll tell you what. This is a crazy article. I've seen this before a few times. I had a dealer in New York that I knew. Uh, and in Atlanta that did the exact same thing and uh, they bailed out and they owe a lot of money and they're trying to go to bankruptcy. Listen, they sold people's cars, Jay, without titles. They put people in cars. This company, it's saying right here online through their bank accounts, they had, they were bringing in about 50, uh, what was it here? Was it 50 million in and out of that, um, their accounts? Jay, yeah. they just didn't pay their flooring company. So this is how the banks do it. So if you have a dealership, you can get a line of credit. They're selling high ends. They had at least, at least they had at least $500 million line of credit, Jay. Okay. <laughs> you can get some shit with that. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. So what do you think? So they're selling cars without titles. You think it's one of those th- numbers where it's like, look, you know who we are. We're highly pedigreed. You can buy the car. We'll send you the title. You get it in two to three days in the mail type of deal. Yeah, people have 30 days, usually 45 days before they get titles. So these dealers, oh. he's, he set this up uh, last month because he filed bankruptcy um, sometime in April. They filed Chapter 7. And then he just moved all the inventory. All of them was cars or somewhere. They right. just moved them. They're hidden somewhere. What you're saying is this is going to be one of those things where they uncover all the cars years later in some uh, some property that the fourth cousin's best friend owns in the middle of nowhere in some big-ass pole barn. Well, you know, so we are in April. The beginning of the month is when they filed bankruptcy. When they went into the dealership, all the cars were gone. So these guys either ship the cars overseas, they're somewhere in – or they sold quite a few of the vehicles and the people that are expecting to get their titles will never get them. So that they've got cash flow that they took and then they've got inventory that they can either ship overseas. I mean, they got million dollar cars that they just uh, disappeared. Impossible. Definitely set up. Listen to this. Yet another lawsuit filed on Monday by New York based in enterprise fund claims that, Zankles was the name. Zankles said they transferred more than seven million automobiles to Mosh Farash, someone's name, because he threatened to kill Scott Zankel. Huh? Oh, so that must have been somebody. Oh, he said, "Well, here, here's here's seven cars." 
<laughs> yeah, an additional lawsuit by a business partner claims that on April 5th, Scott and Kristen Zenkel moved their vehicles to a business they control in Fort Lauderdale in an effort to evade creditors. So Zankel's, Scott and Kristen Zankel look like they were either the owners or co, something with this in this business relationship. Yeah, they just, they basically, they're hiding all the assets, you know, because the feds come in, they close up the dealership, they'll chain it up. And whatever inventory is in there is obviously seized. So if there's nothing there, um, you know, these people can do what they need to do and, and to try and avoid prosecution. But when they file bankruptcy, they still have to turn over the debt. They got to turn over the assets. So they're going to burn whether now or later is what I'm thinking. Yeah. And I'd like to know what country that they're, if they're U S citizens or if they're foreigners, because this is an easy way for people to come into the country to, you know, they get these huge line of credits. They've got these huge dealerships. They go belly up or they commit some type of fraud and they, they leave, you know, who pays for this? So the lawsuit claims that the Zankles conspired with Mosh Farash, the guy who thinks they was going to kill them in an outright and bold scheme to use the loan not to buy and sell exotic vehicles, but to transfer the automobiles outright to Farage and his companies to satisfy a fabricator otherwise hidden earlier debt. This is according to the Sun Sentinel. Yeah, they say that the uh, trustee for the uh, bankruptcy pulled their bank statements from two years ago, and they said that these people had, they had $21 million deposited and withdrawn from that account in one month. These guys had money flow coming in and they just decided to go ahead and cash out. And, you know, the people that are liable, the people that have their cars at the dealership that are missing. This is a scary situation. This can happen anywhere. So this Farage guy, and I'm probably saying his name wrong, but in this article, he's being blamed for taking the vehicle. On April 8th, a week after Farage took the vehicles, this is the report, the Zankles filed a complaint with the Boca Raton Police Department alleging that Farage stole the vehicles by extortion. This is this is ugly. Like this is a movie. This is a future movie. Who's who's in this movie? Is it Mark Wahlberg? Another is this another Wahlberg movie? No, this is a little bit dirtier than him. <laughs> he might be one of the FBI agents, but he's not going to be the one committing the crime on this one. Yeah, they'll they'll spin it. But like, who who's in this movie? Is this Brad Pitt? To me, I could see like kind of an all star cast. This is definitely this is definitely an all star cast on this one here. You got to take a look at the uh, this other article, man, where they're talking about prestige. I'm not sure who that is. They provided 1.3 million to this company uh, to acquire, and then they resold the cars for a profit. I mean, there is so much documentation with these. Basically, these guys had a line of credit. They bought all their vehicles on the line of credit, which most dealerships do. Most independents do. I have it, you know. I was going to say, you know um, anybody like like that? <laughs> but, you know, once you sell the car, you pay your line off. The line holds the title. So he's got no titles for these cars. That's my point. He yeah. sold these cars and cannot provide titles because the, the lending institution that is holding the titles is not going to release the funds. You know, they're not going to release the titles. So... This is a sticky situation here. I'm curious to see what happens with it. I wonder if it's one of those things that just drags on or now now that it's made the news, nobody's going to care about it and just keep moving on. Yeah, this will be 
this will be in the news for about a few days. Actually, you told me about it. I didn't know anything of it. Yeah, I was. I saw it pop up. On, uh, actually, one of my friends sent us the video on YouTube, and I clicked the video. And then after that, like Rob Ferretti, you know, you know, Rob Ferretti is. Um, he had posted a video about it, and like a bunch of other news articles just popped up. In fact, this makes yeah. me interested. I'm looking at because I asked about you know what's going to happen, and I'm looking to see what happened with the the Tesla Model S guy who who jumped the car in California. He jumped the hill in California, and I don't know if anything came with that yet. Yeah, I know. That's um, I haven't heard any more from that except for all the Instagram videos of the car flying. Yeah, I don't see any. I'm I'm looking at it right now. And uh, yeah, I don't see any any updates. So, I guess the, the the person is still at large. Maybe if you guys know, if you or anyone you know has any information <laughs> leading to this Tesla Model S or this Boca Raton, please email us at hardparkingpodcast at gmail There is no finder's fee. <laughs> hey, you know who would be a good main character for this? Who? Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? Yeah, here's the thing, though. Punchline and all. When I was going, when I was going through my head thinking of who who could be in this movie. I, he popped in as well. <laughs> I don't know how he would fit. Uh, he's look. I'm I'm not the biggest Will Smith fan, but at the same time, I don't I don't dislike him. And most of the movies he's in, I think he does a good job. There was the what's that movie where he's kind of a con artist and it's got uh, Margot Robbie in there and everything. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot the name of it, but I know the movie you're talking about. You know, I really like that movie a lot. So I can see that type of character in this. Like him him caught up somehow, even if he doesn't play a comedy role, if he just kind of plays kind of a serious kind of a serious asshole, you know, I can see that. So because of the names, I was thinking of somebody that was uh, from India. That was, yeah. I was thinking of though, that's the characters I was thinking of. And I don't, I couldn't place a name. So you kind of got me stuck when you asked about characters. You know who would be good? Oscar Isaac. He plays Moon Knight. He's in a bunch of the Star Wars movies. Oscar Isaac could play a character in this. Oh, you're talking about Moon Knight? Yeah. I was just looking at that. That's the other guy I was thinking of too. The one that plays the, the main character, the main character that has the psychological issues. Yes. He's got, uh, that that personality that that uh, th- identity disorder, yeah, like yeah. that movie Split. We've been watching the show. The first episode, it was very confusing because I didn't know. And then afterwards, that's when I go to YouTube and watch like the breakdown Easter egg, and you know, it kind of explains the whole Moon Knight thing. And then after learning, I'm like, oh shit, that makes so much more sense. Yeah, I had no idea what I was watching to say. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what is going on here? Like, what is this guy doing? And now it makes now you know they had episode three, and to me, it just it it makes a lot more sense. I think I, it, actually episode four. By the time this comes out, they would have had all four episodes, four four episodes, and it's pretty good. But anyway, man, thanks for cool. joining again. Thanks for being a uh, a, a sponsor of the show. In multiple ways, and yeah, I'll, I'll go through your inventory and maybe pick up another car here in the next few weeks or so. Not a problem, Jay. It's good, always good talking to you, man. I really enjoy it. I want to thank Drew Bunkley for spending time with me on today's show. 
Shout out to Fountain Hills Motorsports also for throwing me the key, the key to the Tesla. That thing was cool. I know, I know we spent some time, a lot of time talking about it. For as uncool as some of that car is, the rest of the car makes up for it. And, you know, Tesla of the future, maybe not a Model 3 unless they figure this shit out because I don't like that leather, that pleather made me kind of carsick. That's like the official word of this episode. Jay gets carsick. What do you think? Right Honda and Right Toyota, Scott Arizona, FoilOnline.com, Cell Shop Wireless Services, Fountain Hills Motorsports, Patreon Business Supporter, Cui Automotive out of Winter Garden, Florida, and Pell Construction out of Caledonia, Michigan. If you're in a position to help the podcast upgrade, join the Patreon for as little as $3 a month and get access to bonus audio as well as show swag. T-shirts are coming. Mark Stoneman, Catherine Cox, Eddie Ramos, Richard Graves, Byron Jones, Bo Jung, Alex Gamina, Andrew Bunkley. Thank you for supporting the show. I've bought a new boom arm for my microphone because of your financial support. I can pay for the software, the audio software editing. I can pay for the video software editing. And that boom arm is all because is all because of the financial support of the backers of this show. I appreciate you guys a lot right now i am still using this piece of shit monitor arm that i bought three years ago but it will soon be replaced by the one sitting in the box behind me it's a heel a heil h-e-i-l heil pl2 heel heel peel whatever the case if you have any questions for the podcast hard rocking podcast at gmail.com if there's a guest you want on the show and not that i'm running short on guests i am not running short on guests at all but if there's a guest you want on the show, reach out heartparkingpodcast at gmail.com or reach me on Facebook. Join the Hard Parking Violations Facebook page. Join in on the fun. You can post whatever you want. It doesn't have to be cars. In fact, I wish you wouldn't always post cars. You can always post questions for the show. You can follow me on Instagram at jfinning. That's J-H-A-E-P-F-E-N-N-I-N-G or jtravels, J-H-A-E underscore travels. Join the Facebook page, Hard Parking Media. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hard Parking Podcast is the YouTube channel. The Tesla Model 3 video will be up at some point between now and the end of the year. I can't grow without you telling the world how great the show is. Let's do this. Let's grow this thing together. I'll talk to you all next week. A beater. Shut up!